We're on our fifth uh, sermon of a 22-week sermon, which we're going to suspend a little bit for Christmas. Uh, just a little bit, you know, some of you, I look around, have been here a long time, longer than me, and uh, I don't mean in life, I mean at this church. Uh, <laughs> and so, some of you are, are newer, but, you know, we we kind of got into a cadence of how um, we, we're doing sermons. Um, you first of all have an outline in there, you may have noticed it, that's in the middle. Um, those are really there for you guys to kind of follow along if you want, they, you've got the slides here that will mimic that. Um, but ma mainly, the, I always put the scripture in bold so you can go back and look at them if you want. Uh, we've got podcasts with the sermons. We've got, you can get the video on our website. And then those questions are mostly used for uh, Bible studies or, or small groups, but you can use them yourself too. And, and I do like it when, you, when I get uh, email questions or text questions. My, if you leave my, my phone number... Cell phone numbers on the website. The cards are there. Uh, Aaron's is there. You know, let us know. I I, I said that to one of the Bible studies uh, earlier uh, this week. It's like it's always kind of odd, you know, if I'm like in my office or somebody says, "Well, I don't want to bother you," and I'm like, "But that's kind of what I'm here for, is to be bothered. If I, you're bothering me, I'll let you know. How's that?" Uh, and he, and metaphorically, my door is always open. You know, it's not if it's closed, knock. <laughs> And the door will should be open. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's almost like people get this idea, well, the doors are closed because so the angels are consulting, and if you knock, they're going to fly away or something. It's like, that doesn't really happen that often. So um, just be, you know, I, we like that. That's, you know, part of what it means to be a disciple is loving God with all your mind. And that's trying to get to know all this stuff is one way to do that. Obviously, with your heart and soul and strength, too. It's not just about your mind. Um, so one of the things we're doing with this, I, I tried to, I used to be a math major, and uh, well, I was a math major, and I was an actuary for many years. Um, so I get analytical. So this chart, and they're out there, and some of you picked them up. Um, this is kind of a pictorial summary of 22 weeks of heaven. Um, so this is kind of the children's sermon, so a little bit. Um, and we're here, we're going to be talking about life in the current heaven, and, and you can go back and look at if you have questions, but the, the main question at the top is, is the question everybody has, right? If you don't have this question, you're either sleeping or silly, right? What happens when I die? Everybody wants to know that. You know, even if they, they do, and especially when they're about ready to, you know, it's or if they, you, you think about mortality. So this is what this, this comes from the Bible. This is what we, what the Bible says happens in, in pictorial form. The judgment of faith, you know, do you believe in Jesus as, as Lord and Savior? Do you want to follow him? Yes, you go to the current heaven. No, current hell. That's what the Bible teaches. Again, it's the old, is there a problem? And then... What is the solution? Well, we teach that the problem is sin in our lives, separation from God, eternity away from Him. The solution is the cross, salvation through that, realizing our guilt, looking at the grace that we're given, grabbing onto that by faith, and then living a life of gratitude. So that's, uh, that's how we start. So in the current heaven... I wanted to make sure you know how you get there, because it really doesn't make that much difference if you know about the current heaven, if you don't go there. Um, I do have a series outlined for hell. I don't know if we're going to do it. Uh, and uh, we could take a survey if you want. We don't have to do it now. But uh, I just thought that might get a little, I don't know, 
it's 18 weeks. I don't think we'll do that one, but you can let me know. If you want a sermon, sermon series on hell, we can sure do it. Um, but here we're looking at just what current heaven looks like. This is the place that people go when they die now. Uh, I've done a couple of funerals in the last couple of months, real good saints, I would say, meaning believers in our community of faith. And, you know, so you can think about them or think about somebody in your life that's died that you know was a believer. What's going on there? How's it working? We don't get a lot, but we do get some. God has revealed some. And one of the places that he did that uh, is in Revelation. Revelation gets underused, I think, a lot because we're always trying to figure out when it happened or when it's going to happen. And maybe we should just read what's in there, and then we can talk about when later. So this is, this is the part that starts in chapter 6 where you get the, the seals are going to be open. If you don't know much about Revelation, there's, it's kind of three things going. There's, a, there's three sets of seven, there's a set of seven seals that get open, seven bowls that get poured out, seven trumpets that get blown. And those kind of, there's a debate whether those are seven, three ways to tell the same thing or if they're continuous. That, we're not worried about that right now. We're just worried about the fifth seal right now. Um, and a lot of this is metaphor. So I'm going to read this, and we're going to look at nine things that this teaches about people in current heaven, because this is actually happening in heaven. John gets this amazing uh, experience. You don't see this much in the New Testament. Uh, you see a little bit in the Old, certainly Isaiah, throne room stuff in Isaiah 6, a lot of Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel, you know, to, to get real technical, is, is just really weird but cool. You know, it's if you ever get a chance to, to read that one. So when he opened the fifth seal, so this is a lamb opening the seals. He was the only one worthy, if you read in chapter 5. I saw, and I there is John, under the altar the souls of all those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness that they had borne. So this is a picture. It's most likely metaphor, but it's a picture of people who had died in the Lord. And actually not just died and believed, they believed and were killed because of it. Um, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Now, we can get into the timing of this, which I already said we're not going to do. But the, the main point we're going to look at, what do we learn here in this little picture? We don't get a lot of this. We're going to a couple other texts and we'll look at them. We, but we, what do we learn about what it's like? And this first one is a big one. I've got this all the time. Will we be the same person when we die? You know? I'm trying to think. I think most of the funerals I've done lately, people have been cremated. Um, that is, a, a, you know, some people, well, should we do that or should we do this? You know, the Bible doesn't really say anything about how you're supposed to be buried. Uh, you have tradition, obviously Jewish tradition, you know, where we see that in, in you know, on Easter Sunday where, you know, Jesus' bones are taken and put into this, what was called an ossuary. If he would have eventually stayed dead, he was in the tomb. They put the spices on their own balm. Because um, you remember Lazarus? He was in there four days. You remember that line? He stinketh, you know. I mean, you start to stinketh, then we're getting in trouble, you know. Jesus didn't stay dead that long. But they, so that's what they did. Well, we can do it different ways. You know, I, I don't know. People ask me, should you get cremated or, you know, should you? you know, it's really up to you. We do have some 
outside the Bible first century uh, church fathers uh, saying don't do that. But that was in a culture that where cremation was seen as being a pagan. Um, so I, we have to be careful with that. Uh, just to throw this out, you get that with tattoos too. Um, it's like that was seen as a pagan thing. So you know, whether you get one or not, it's up to you. Um, that I don't, I, I, I care. Show me if you want, but uh, but again, that's not the main thing. But cremation, you know, you can do that if you want. But what about you know, the body's gone. You know, well, it's just a little dust. Uh, and think about it. People that died during Jesus' time are cremated now, whether they got cremated or not, right? That stuff eventually goes to that. Um, so is there continuity of identity? You know, when you look at this, yes. <laughs> your soul is, we talked about that, you have a non-spiritual part of your, or non-physical part of yourself called the soul or spirit. That is identity. That's never going to change. Uh, you, every time you see this in the Bible, there's always continuity. They know who they are. So I do think those, I don't know how it works when somebody dies. I mean, who's the first person you see? I, I don't know. I mean, do we get a choice? Is Peter there? Is there pearly gates? Is there, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, that's not the point, really. The idea is that who you are now is who you will always be. That's the Judeo-Christian belief. Um, and it's very clear. So you don't lose your identity. I hope you get that. This is big on people. Well, well I know other people. Well, people know me. How will they know when I have no body? It's like, well, there's obviously something about your soul that's unique too. Uh, and then last week we talked about maybe there's some physical stuff going on there. So do believe that. When they do die, when they do see loved ones, it's not like, oh, all I see is smoke. You know, is that an Ethel? Are you there? You know, no, <laughs> this is not what this is. You know, we don't get that anywhere. Um, how it exactly works, you know, we talked about a lot last week, and you're welcome to look at that. But that your identity continues, that is clear. Don't be worried about that. When you die, I'm guessing you'll see people and you'll know who they are, and it'll be great. It is, current heaven is a nice place to be. Uh, so. When we say, you know, we say that at funeral, they're in a better place. It's like, well, yeah, if they're believers, by golly, they are, you know. They appear fully conscious here too, right? They're rational. They're aware of each other. I know there's that idea out there of soul sleep, uh, which is kind of intriguing to some, especially to teenagers, because um, they just like to sleep all the time. Well, if, if heaven is just one big nap, I guess that would be heaven for teenagers, right? You can sleep all the time, you know. You don't even have to yawn anymore. But that's not in there anywhere. Uh, I don't know. If you want to believe that, I don't think that's an essential to not. You know, but here, they're awake. You know? It's not like John goes over and pokes them. Like, what? What? oh, how long? How long? You know? No, they're awake already. And that's the consciousness is al always seems to be there. I do kind of like that idea. I had one person explain it to me. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. Whether I like, you know, if you like it, it may still not be biblical. But, you know, that... If you think about it, if, if you die, th their idea was that when you die, when you wake up, it's the second coming. Because you've done that. You know, I did that last night. I think I laid down. It was like around midnight. And I woke up at 6.33, and I don't remember any of that time in between. It seemed like it could have been 12.01. I wouldn't know. Well, now we're just adding thousands of years to it. You know, it's like, if that makes you feel better, go for it. We don't see that. We see the consciousness here. Um, 
And then you're free to ask God questions because they just did, right? How long? Now, he doesn't answer that question, but you're free to ask. Well, we just had one of the, one of the kids give us that. You know, that, that's prayer, and that's one of the ways to pray, right? I think it's fine to ask God questions. But I do not believe that there are no stupid questions. People say that. But, ha, I've asked them. What's a stupid question? A stupid question is a question you ask that's already been answered. And teachers hate this. Yes. You know, the answer is four. What's the answer? That's a stupid question. <laughs> Can't you just said it was four? You know, so, uh, but again, asking questions about God, they don't know. They don't, it, this is interesting. I didn't think about this till now, but I'm going to use this. This is good. This is good stuff. Somebody should be writing this down. Anyway, <laughs> we worry about the timing of revelation, right? When does it happen? Is it in our future? Is some of this in the past? Is, you know, some of it's future, obviously, the new heaven and the new earth, because it isn't here yet. The people in heaven don't even know, right? And God doesn't even tell them. So I've said that before. If somebody comes to you and says, I know when Jesus is coming back, I'd say, no, you don't. That's a stupid statement. No, I'm just, you, know, you just have to be careful with that. It's just not there. But you're free to ask God questions, and that's true now. It's true now. Especially if you're going through tough times. And a lot of ways those are answered by people who've also gone through tough times. You know, we had James, you know, consider it pure joy that you go through trials of various kinds. You know, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, we get... You get some perseverance there and some character, but you get this in James 1, 5. It's like, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will give you answers if you do it with faith. I'm paraphrasing that in there. But it's all based on why am I going through this is really what that's about. I don't think that's talking about calculus or, you know, your botany exam at Iowa State. It's like, I didn't study God. I lack wisdom. Your word says you'll give me wisdom. And I think he, if God does talk to him, he'll probably say you're lazy. You know? it's, not, it's talking about when you go through suffering. There, there are times when he'll say, and we know why we go through suffering intellectually, right? We're in a fallen world. In this world, we'll have trouble. You know, we all, you get this, it's like, <laughs> when we what? <laughs> when we die. We all get to experience this unless we get down to the next one. And... Uh, when do you think that's going to happen? No, I'm just kidding. Just making sure you're awake. But, that, but, but think about that. We can ask God questions. You can do That's part of prayer. Part of prayer is praising. Part of prayer is thanksgiving. Part of prayer is confession. But some of it is asking God's question. And do it. Why questions are hard? He might not answer you. He didn't answer those guys. But there's anything wrong. To, if, as long as it's not really bad. Uh, or, yeah, stupid. You don't want to ask a question that's already been answered. Um, at some level, the, the, the things happening on earth they're aware of. Uh, we're going to look at that a little bit more. But it looks like, you know, how long? They know it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and they, they're looking for that. They also appear to have a deep concern for justice and retribution. And we have trouble with that. Um, we, we have scriptures that tell us that all things will be known. Well, who knows everything? Well, your pastor, no, that's not me. God knows it all. Everything is going to be known. Every word, every... Now, again, if you're scared of that, grab onto the grace. 
but there may be justice. You either get God's grace or God's justice. It's always binary in the Bible. There's a road that's wide, and you get God's justice. And there's a road that's narrow, and you get God's grace. It's always the same. Choose Christ, you get God's grace. Choose against him, you get God's justice. And these people have gotten God's grace. They're in current heaven. They understand they're there not because of they were good, but because they believed in the one who's opening these seals. And they're concerned for justice. Why are they concerned? Because they know what's going to happen. It's the old uh, Fram oil filter commercial. Remember that? You either pay me now or pay me later. <laughs> the way you would do that with Christian, you know, are you going to take the payment Jesus gave for your soul or are you going to pay for it yourself? You don't have enough money. You don't have a perfect life to give. Now, they're wearing white robes. Um which is kind of cool. So, you know, kind of suggests at least John seeing something physically. So and you can go back to last week. We're not going to hit that again. Uh, but there's something he's seeing there. They've got some sort of form that's recognizable. That's the point, right? I don't know how it works. Um, it may be very much like we talked about with in the Bible once in a while, somebody sees an angel that somebody else doesn't see. I'm not really sure how that works but I know that it does. Um, and they don't know everything. Again, we get this idea that we'll know all things. No, you won't. You're not smart enough. You're, you're not, not, none of us will know all things. You know, you, you, you'll know more, but you won't know everything. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but you're going to learn in heaven. Uh, it's amazing what the mind can grab onto. I think we're going to learn for eternity. Hopefully there won't be tests for eternity. But I think, again, think about something you really are interested in. You know, like sermons or something. You know. No, whatever you're interested in. Hopefully the Bible, hopefully God, what, what is it you really, really like? Are you bored when you learn more about it? Well, I think in heaven that's what you're going to get to do. You know, there might be something you like that I just, you know, but that's, you know, we're all created different. Um, you can get people talking about, you know, something like sports, and people never shut up. I don't just keep going. Well, I guess you can do that forever now if you want. Aware of time passing. We're going to hit this in a few weeks, um, or it might be after Christmas. But anyway, this one we're going to hit. Um, you know, how long? Well, that's a, that's a time word, isn't it? You know, you get people will say, and I don't quite understand this. I don't think it's, 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 it's necessarily ignorant, but it's like, well, there's no time in heaven. It's like, well, you know, you know what I'm going to ask. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what is a time? Isn't it just the sequence of events? I mean, and, and there's sequence of events in heaven. There may be not 24-hour clocks and all that, but there's going to be you're going to have something in the past and something in the future, right? I mean, if you can conceive of a non-time, go for it. That, that makes my head go, <laughs> so if you can do it, I'd like to talk to you about it. But, you know, they are aware of time. Pa it may t pass differently. And w some people will say, well, God doesn't go through time. And it's like, well, you know, Jesus did, so like, he can. <laughs> Whether he wants to or not, that's really up to him. So, again, when you think of time, just think of, 
you know, eternity is forever, but there's still sequence of events. You know, you get to do those things. So, and, and you're never going to exhaust it, right? There was that commercial I saw where the guy, this is years ago, the guy's on a computer and he's like, I've done it. I got to the end of the internet. You know, and sometimes we think, you know, eternity, I'll get, I've done everything possible. It's not possible because we're, the relationships you have can never get, get to the point where they're the deepest they've ever been. It always can get, with God and with each other. I like, this is tongue in cheek, but I like saying it's almost like God knew what he was doing when he made people in his image. And they live in anticipation of the future fulfillment of God's promises. They know what's going to happen. We called that hope. Uh, We did a series on that. Christian hope. We know this is going to happen. They're not going to happen. Are we going to get avenged? Are you coming back? No. When? How long? They know it's going to happen. It's just a timing issue. Uh, and when we're told God tells us to let him take of the timing, who should we let take care of the timing? Yeah. If Jesus would come back today, just make sure you're going to be over here. That's, that's if you need to talk about that, there's an elder in room D after, after or we're going to be here too. I mean, that's what we're about. You want to make sure... That's the main thing. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think about that. We'll hit that a little bit more when we do the second coming. Do you ever, do you want him to come back now? There's days I'm like, yeah, get kids, go. And other days I'm like, no, no, a little bit. I'm like, God, I'm enjoying myself right now. Let him take care of it. So I wanted to hit these, a couple of these a little harder. Remembering life on earth. In the, in the Revelation passage, there's at least some memory, but you also have this, in, and we'll hit this uh, rich man and Lazarus, which is really interesting heaven view too, but Abraham says, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things. This is the rich man, and Lazarus in like manner received bad things, but now he is comforted here, and you're in anguish. This is a picture of Lazarus in current heaven and this rich man in current hell, and what is the second word that Abraham says to him? Remember. Got to be memory, right? I mean, again, maybe it's a metaphor, but it's certainly there. So the question comes, are we going to remember bad things? That's, that, that one's, you know, you're going to remember the bad things that happened to you. Are you going to remember the sins that you committed? Or do we get, you know, God-infused holy amnesia, you know, I don't know which one I would want. Um, there is need for comfort in the current heaven. So I, I'm guessing maybe we'll hit that toward the end here. But what, what really matters we see in Revelation 14. It says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Because you're not blessed if you don't die in the Lord. Blessed deed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. We always kind of think, well, we're saved by grace, so what we do doesn't matter. I don't even really know what he's talking about here, to tell you the truth. Is it a rewardy thing, or is it down here like treasures in heaven that Jesus, you know, store up for yourself treasures in heaven? I don't know. Do you get there, and then they give you, well, here you go. You get the Lamborghini to drive. You get the villa over the ocean. And you get access to God all you want. And then, you know, I get up there and they're like, here's your scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and you get an efficiency apartment in downtown New York. You know, it's like, um, I don't know how that works, um, but it does, I guess if nothing else, our deeds make a difference. You know, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians, you know, when, when you die, everything is burnt up, right? Everything, and all that's left are those precious stones, those precious metals. This was a metaphor for the things that actually go into eternity. Because when you die, you're not going to look for your Lamborghini, and you're not going to look for the ocean. You're going to look for people who died in the Lord, because that's the main thing. I think that's something to do with the treasures. How many people did you meet here in the Lord, you know? And, you know, if you didn't meet any, you're still in heaven, dude. So get going. You'll enjoy it. What are those in current heaven aware of on earth? This is a hard one, isn't it? Um, there's some awareness because you get this, you know, are we, and this kind of gets goofy, you know, you know I've, and I don't know what to do with this. You know, loved ones, are they looking at us? And I'm a, I don't know if I'm like, some days it's like, oh, I really want them to look at me. And the other time it's like, yeah, I'd really like, why don't you go take a nap? I'm going to, you know, it, it, it's kind of, I don't know how that works. Um, they obviously know something's going on still, that people are, the other Christians are still being persecuted. There's this group here in Revelation 6. Um, so do what you want with that, but just don't get goofy with it. Um, this is the main thing I wanted to hit toward the end here is the praying part. Could, if they know what's going on, could they be praying for us? I suppose it's possible. I don't know. Um, but this is probably the key, and we get this in the Bible quite a bit. And we're going to hit a few scriptures here. We are never instructed to pray to them. Um, you get this a lot. And it's very popular, uh, even in our area, uh, to try to... Well, to be blunt, talk to dead people. Um, don't do that. <laughs> not because I said so. <laughs> Deuteronomy 18, there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter on an offering. Now, most people figure that one out on their own. Uh, but this was actually happening in this time with the foreign uh, and pagan deities of the time of the Exodus and right before going into the promised land. But luck, the, why I put that in there, it's in the verse, but luck, that's one of the things that's, that's on the list that these other things are almost equated to. Or anyone who practices divination, that's just trying to talk to dead people. That's what it means. Or tells fortunes or interprets omens. Or consults Ouija boards. No, I mean, that's... Uh, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a you, you get the feeling that they're not going to leave anybody out? <laughs> or a medium, or a necromancer, necros is the word for death, um, one who interpret, inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. This is what pagan people, we don't do this. You know, I know it's hard. When you lose someone, you want to talk to them. It's like, well, I don't know. Best I can do is tell God to say hi. You know, you'll get time. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but don't, don't fall into that stuff. If you do get an answer, it's probably not them. <laughs> Back to the spiritual thing. Uh, text me. We can talk more. In uh, Isaiah, when they say to you, a choir of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? 
Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? It's, don't do that. And a couple more we, we have. This is just a kind of anecdotal evidence with Paul. He's going along here, and we were going to the place of prayer. We were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. If you keep reading, eventually Paul apparently is not able to articulate the gospel because this girl won't shut up. And so he turns around and says, demon out. Well, is anything about a demon here? What does it say? Yeah, divination. Ah, okay, well, now we know where she's getting it from. This is not something to, to deal with. And again, you're welcome to do it. It's free. <laughs> but God says don't. <laughs> you're in it about any way you want. <laughs> you know, it's a free country. But again, are you trying to follow God? And then in Revelation 21, the new heaven and the new earth, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, so, you know, get, get some people, and these are people who just do this all the time and don't give a hoot. Um, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire. You can look on your chart when we get to that. The second death. This is not something to do. Inquire of the Lord. And if you inquire of the Lord something you want to know that God isn't telling you, it might just be that God doesn't think you need to know. What's in the Bible that's not sufficient for you? And sometimes God tells you, and that's fine. Never happened to me yet. I mean, we need to use wisdom. We've got a lot of information. When you get the 66 books memorized, then maybe he'll talk to you more. <laughs> Haven't got there yet. Oh, yeah, and do it in the original languages. Yeah, that'll take a few days, right? But again, this is don't do it. We got these people up there. We're never told to consult with them. In fact, it was always something, both Old Testament and New Testament, we didn't do. So last thing, how can it be heaven if we're aware of anything bad on earth? Well, have you ever had a good time knowing that the world isn't perfect? Or do you just always walk around like Eeyore with your tail falling off? I mean, we can enjoy life. You guys are all singing. I thought you guys were going to start dancing the first couple songs. But we know, I, I look around, I know you guys. some of you guys are going through some tough stuff. doesn't mean we can't have joy. But it's the same thing. You can do that. In fact, knowing evil doesn't negate the angel's joy or Jesus' joy. In Revelation 14, those who worship the beast also will drink the wine of God's wrath judgment, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Hmm. So they're going to get judged, and who's standing there the whole time? Or whatever. And does Jesus seem like he's, he, he seems like he's handling it okay? I, I don't know quite how that works, but again, that's going to be tough, I know. I, I do think we'll see differently. We'll see things a little more clearly than we do now. And we got to remember that the no pain, no crying, former things passed away, no mourning, no more death, that's when the new heaven and the new earth, that's what Revelation 12, that hasn't come yet. Now, I think there's some of that there. And I don't know if God, you know, if God told you you could either remember some of that stuff or have amnesia, I'd probably go with the amnesia. But he's going to have to figure that out. But I don't think that will take away our joy. 
Because ultimately, you know, the happiness and the joy in heaven is not based on ignorance, but perspective. I mean, like now I'm telling you all this, you got this really, really cool, very patriotic red and blue, white chart. We teach this stuff, we believe this stuff by faith. Doesn't mean we're wishing, it means we have good evidence. But eventually our perspective will be different. Paul says that we walk by faith, not by sight, but eventually we will see it. I don't know what those people we think about, we, we love in the Lord that have died what they saw, but I bet it was really cool. I bet it was really amazing. I bet they saw stuff, and they saw perspectives that, that we can't see yet, but we'll get, and we'll probably understand that judgment of evil is actually a good thing. But as we look ourselves and we go forward in our lives, remember, it all comes back to that top, that judgment of faith. Now it's all about grace. It's what Jesus came for. There will be a judgment day, and we'll all have to pay for our own deeds unless we accept the grace and we get credited with the perfect life of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we know that as we look at these souls under the altar that they main thing is that they're there, they know you, uh, they cry out for justice, but you give them a white robe, you, know, you, you show them that they are pure because of your son, because of the lamb. We, we always remember that, that when you look at us, if we know your son, that you don't look at us as a rebel, you don't look at us as evil, but you look at us as clean and blameless. May we always remember that. May we want to be with you always, always striving to not be separated from you, but be reconciled through your son. Amen.